<laughs> Wake up, Dominique. You're rubbing the sleep out of your eyes. I mean, the camera's not even on. You're gonna sell me out right now. <laughs> I was getting my mind right so that the people couldn't tell that I'm sleepy. Breaking the fourth wall. <sighs> not gonna so tell gonna... people that you're back to your tardy ways. I wasn't oh, gonna that's... tell them that. How dare you? Sold me out. You have no proof of that. Mm. Um, hello, welcome to Debatable, a show that may have considered starting with college football before pivoting entirely because Bill Barnwell decided to make us smarter about what in the hell we're supposed to do with Brock Purdy now, Alabaster. <laughs> Is that where we're starting? Where are we starting? Are we gonna go oh, Chiefs Bengals first? We're gonna start with good quarterback. So okay. we're gonna start with Chiefs Bengals and. My question to you all, do you feel like the better team won today between the Chiefs and the Bengals? Cincinnati, I, 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 I just want you to know that you're about to be triggered. I don't know <laughs> what they're going to say. I just know them, and you're not going to be happy with it. Uh, I, again, I will voice this complaint one more time. How mm -hmm. can we have someone asking the questions and you're here too, Pablo, and refuse mm -hmm. to answer any of the mm -hmm. questions? If so, you're not going to ask them, you got to answer them too. All mm -hmm. right. I, I will be the brave soul okay. to start by saying that the Bengals have to be considered better than the Chiefs. I don't know if that means they're a better team overall oh, in the global sense. Come on. What, what are we but doing when here? it comes to yeah. comparing right, I, these I remember two why teams. you don't answer questions. Okay. Now, 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 now I get why. You, because you thread the coward's needle mm -hmm. at every opportunity. You just mm -hmm. They've won three in a row against the Chiefs. And the question now is whether we can actually declare them categorically better. I'm I'm putting a toe on there. I'm putting a toe on there. Yes. Call call Pablo Mattress Mac because he's couching <laughs> these answers with well done nonsense. Like Pablo well, Mattress Mac's got some guts to do a fake bet that no one knows that he can't How lose. How did anyway, I become Pablo. the coward? I was making fun of you guys for being the coward. Now I'm the coward. This is I, why I hate you both. I came on here last week, and when Dominique Foxworth said I should consider the Bengals as contenders, I said no. See what they do against the Chiefs. It pains me to say this, but Dominique <laughs> Foxworth was correct. The Bengals were the better team in this game. This game was very narrowly matched. It was two very good teams playing very well, but the difference came down to the star receivers on each team and what they did with the game online, which fits another Dominique Foxworth corollary. Travis Kelsey, who had a quiet game by his standards, fumbled the football away, handed the Bengals a short field for their game-winning touchdown. Jamar Chase, coming back from injury, ran through a third-and-five tackle for a first down. T. Higgins, on the final meaningful play of the game, caught a pass, shot through a straw into his stomach for a game-sealing catch on third-and-long. That was the difference in these games. The receivers, who are stars for these teams, the Bengals came through. The Chiefs did not. I love a situation where I can take a victory lap on a mm -hmm. game that I chose the wrong team to win. Because <laughs> I, too, thought that the Chiefs will win. But you're right. Sure. I do consider the Bengals better than, I guess, you did in a real contender. In my, like, one of my mottos for the season is how important, like, a number one game-breaking mm -hmm. receiver is. And we saw that, like, the Chiefs needed that answer at some point. And as good as Travis Kelsey is, it's hard for me, at least, to think about mm -hmm. the impact that a tight end has on a defense, whereas Tyreek Hill would be scaring the bejesus out of everyone or making a big play. Mm -hmm. um, 
But in this game, like it came down to to what Bill said, that fumble and also the fact that sometimes Joe Burrow is great and sometimes he throws it to great players. And the offensive mm-hmm. line has gotten so much better. They're protecting him. And he's, he, it seems like, despite the fact that they have some weaknesses on their defense, namely at corner, which was, I think, Bill's big reason for mm-hmm. not respecting mm-hmm. the Bengals as much. And, yeah, and I, as a corner, should have uh, agreed with him. But I was like, nah, Eli Apple's the man. And they'll figure out a way to protect, <laughs> to figure out a way to protect them with that defensive line. So yeah, we have to uh, crown them. They're, they're better. I mean, how many times I understand? Like I'm, I'm completely comfortable with a team beating a team once mm-hmm. and saying they're not actually better than them. Mm-hmm. But three times, in a row. Three times like, in I a feel row. like I feel like you're just a <laughs> now if you don't yeah. accept it. I, I fully agree. I fully agree. Yeah. There's big behavior if you're not willing to say that the Bengals will beat the Chiefs in every sort of like mm-hmm. according to every piece of evidence that we have mm-hmm. but the question right and this is where the coward's needle enters the equation mm-hmm. is whether you think that the Bengals are now more likely to actually go and win the Super Bowl than the Chiefs and I suppose there are two mm-hmm. ways to attack that question. One way is to point out that they're going to have to probably beat the Chiefs, in which case, mm-hmm. obviously, the answer is yes. But mm-hmm. does this also feel like a Styles make fights kind of a thing, right? Where this is a matchup problem more than it is a global superiority concern. I would say it doesn't matter if it's a global superiority concern, if they're going to have to play the Chiefs along the way to the Super Bowl, because that seems to be a matchup where the Bengals should be favored. And for every other team in the AFC, they should be terrified of playing the Chiefs. The idea of playing the Chiefs in the postseason is a massive concern for them in a way that it is not for the Cincinnati Bengals, whether it's Styles make fights, whether it's their global level of play. To me, I think the biggest concern about the Bengals heading into this week and the idea of the Chiefs game and their tough schedule over the rest of the season is that the Chiefs had a better shot at winning the AFC West than the Bengals did of winning the AFC North, given the presence of the Ravens. But now that seems like it might not be quite as scary of a proposition. Mm. Catching the Ravens probably wasn't going to be that hard either way, based on how the mm-hmm. Ravens were playing. But mm-hmm. it definitely gets a lot easier depending on how healthy Lamar Jackson is. Sure. But I mean, I, I don't know that we need to get off of the Bengals yet. Like we can no. move on to the Ravens eventually. But no, I, I want to know. Like I want to know about deserve I'll... some praise. So mm-hmm. what? A, what? What did we learn today that we noted I mean, assholes right. slash it. cowards <laughs> yeah. did not fully appreciate going. before we got? Yeah, the third item in a trend piece about yeah, yeah the Bengals we, being better than the Chiefs. We learned that Dominique is very smart and very mm-hmm. right all the mm-hmm. time, even when he's wrong. Dominique right. was Jordan shrugging while Bill was talking for the podcast <laughs> audience. And it was infuriating. <laughs> yeah, right, Allie, what you got? yeah what well I I have a follow up question and in the lead up to the last episode of the Dominique Foxworth podcast, Dominique mumbled off screen he goes i was walking watching some joe burrow that guy's mm-hmm. a superstar we don't talk about this enough and today that was really obvious and my question to you dominique football genius you bill barnwell football genius and you pablo Torre. thank you do you think joe burrow wrestled the mvp away from patrick mahomes today mm. 
So Burrow got a really bad start to the season. Yep. And I think numbers wise, it makes it challenging. But mm-hmm. I don't I I like push back against numbers as the end all be all for the MVP I like argument. This. I was yeah, with you. of course you don't like it. I was but... with you for the first two minutes of the show. We were a team for we three were. minutes, we and were. this is how you betray me when yeah. I was setting you up for all this praise. Wow. I think the numbers help, but the numbers come secondary. Like, I think mm-hmm. that this is a, a best actors award. It's like, it's about the storyline. It's about who is the protagonist of this season. And it felt like Patrick Mahomes was. And I do think that is realistic to consider, depending on how the rest of these weeks go, that Joe Burrow, it's his job to lose. If he continues mm-hmm. to play like this and they continue to win, yeah, he puts up numbers like this and they have the, this very tough schedule. They get a higher seed. They come mm-hmm. back to win their division. I do think that he's a real MVP uh, contender and should probably be a, in front of Patrick Mahomes. Okay, mm. the second, I was with you until the second part of that statement. There was a real big leap being made from he should be a contender. Sure, yeah. no question there. He should be ahead of Patrick Mahomes was a huge jump made if. there. You Five missed times. the if. What's you missed the if? that. The What's if the was if? like, if he continues to play like this and they come back and win their division against right. this very tough schedule. I guess the knock against him is the same reason why I believe in him because he got some All really right. damn good receivers and mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes don't got that. For sure. I'll throw it if. If Patrick Mahomes is sucked from the earth by aliens and doesn't exist anymore, then absolutely yeah. he can't be MVP. Maybe comeback player of the year if he comes back Hold next on. year after being if, abducted by aliens. But If Patrick Mahomes is sucked from the earth by aliens, I demand that we end the football season no, and find why? these aliens. There's 31 other quarterbacks who are <laughs> no, fine. The Niners no. have to win with Brock Purdy at quarterback. We're not going to make the Chiefs try to win with uh, Chad Henry. I knew, back I knew those Mahomes. I knew those aliens were going to run too high safety. I knew it. We all saw it coming. Rush three, only rush three. Is that what they did? It does. It does explain a lot of Russell Wilson. Maybe we got replaced by the alien Russell Wilson this year and did not get that too high programming. Here's here's why I think Joe Burrow wins the MVP if it happens. We saw him win a primetime, not a primetime game, but a nationally, a game with national attention against another superstar quarterback or a team that everyone regards as a, a team that should be beating superstar quarterbacks in the Chiefs. Next month of the year, his schedule's not necessarily tough, but the teams he plays get national attention. It's the Bucks, it's the Patriots, it's the Bills. And then that Ravens game in week 18, that might be deciding the AFC North. If Joe Burrow is coming up big, game after game and winning those games with big plays in the fourth quarter, I think that can overcome the numbers gap between him and Mahomes for sure. Joe Burrow for MVP, if he goes undefeated and throws three (laughs) touchdowns in the next four games. (laughs) As long as he does that, we're good. If Joe Burrow can enter a time loop in which he is beating Patrick Mahomes every week Mm -hmm. for the next four weeks, Mm -hmm. you got to give it to Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. over Patrick Mahomes. You have to. But here, here is my only issue with Joe Burrow. And it's not Joe Burrow's fault. It's our fault as fans okay. and media. Joe Burrow gets compared to Joe Montana over and over again just because they have the same first name. Like, let's just be honest here. Like, if Joe Burrow was named Steve Burrow, we would not be making the same amount of Joe Montana comparisons. And just compare. Would we make Steve Young comparisons then? No, because Steve Young's not not right-handed, but that would be more likely. Like, Joe Burrow is great. Joe Burrow deserves his own. I don't think you're making Joe Burrow-Steve McNair comparisons. I mean, Steve is the name. Dante Burrow? Dante Burrow, perhaps Billy Joe Burrow. Does Billy Joe Burrow be different? 
Um, but I just think we should be comparing Joe Burrow to other quarterbacks besides Joe Montana, just because his name is, should not be why we make a comparison. Brock Burrow, Alabaster, mm-hmm. is where we're headed next, I believe. I mean, to be fair, Joe Burrow's numbers are way better than Joe Montana's, but I digress. Let's move on. Um, mm. That's a little spicy. The it's a next game, though. I mean, quite, yeah, man, different, different man, sport. Man, honestly, numbers. Yeah, just being a troll. Numbers. But let's let's yeah. move on to. It's not like Joe Montana had good receivers or anything. Right, right. <laughs> True. Um, let's move on to the 49ers, Joe Montana's team. Mm-hmm. Are they cooked without Jimmy G? Mm. Nope. Yep. Nope. You want you want to go first, or you want me to go first? No, I just want to go nope and yep for the next. You want to go nope? We can do nope and yep. That's fine. I'm happy. You can to go. Yep. You can go. You can go. Maybe say, say some numbers. Uh, Here, Pablo sipping with a maybe. <laughs> of course, he wants to be the coward in this debate. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you numbers for Brock Purdy. I don't need numbers to prove this. I just need history. The best case scenario for the Niners with a third string quarterback, with a backup who nobody believes in is the 2017 Eagles, right? The the Carson Wentz tears his ACL, Nick Foles comes in off the bench and leads them to a Super Bowl. But those Eagles were 11-2 and two when Carson Wentz loaded. went down against the Rams. They were loaded, and they already had the inside track on the number one seed in the NFC and that first round bye. And I think if you have a mediocre quarterback, you need that. You can't be exposed to games on the road. You want to have as few games as possible with that quarterback to win. The Niners, even though they won today, are not in that boat. They're a game ahead of the Seahawks, which is great for the NFC West, but they're two games behind the Vikings, and they're three games behind the Eagles. You're going to need Brock Purdy most likely to win at least one, if not two, games on the road in the postseason. And even if it's Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, I still think that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I let my um, Jimmy Garoppolo desire to shit talk Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> get in the way of some real analysis. A lot but of people love that. The fact of the matter is, I thought that the same thing while Jimmy was a quarterback. And why? Right. I, that, I don't think that Brock Purdy is better. I guess the point that I was making is I don't think that they're in as much worse or they're not in much worse shape than they were before, which is the mm-hmm. same. It was like, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to give you three of those games in a row mm-hmm. that you're going to, or at least he's not going to be able to give you one of those games that you need at some point. And of course, Brock Purdy, I don't think he is going to be able to give you uh, the games that you need in the playoffs. There's going to be one time when you need him to show up and he's not going to be there. But this is, this is what's so fascinating. This is the case for, um, why the 49ers are not right now is that the Niners seem to be uniquely situated to deal with this problem. Mm -hmm. And Dominique mentioned some of it, but Fred Warner mentioned the rest of it. I mean, this is Fred Warner's quote after the game. He doesn't have to do too much. He has so many weapons on that side of the ball to get the ball to his job is to just protect the football End quote. (laughs) And by the way, his job is also to play with leads provided to him by guys like Fred Warner, like the Mm -hmm. defense in this game. I mean, the case for the Niners is this game. It was beating the Dolphins as they did in the way they did specifically, mm-hmm. isn't it, Bill? Mm-hmm. It is. But yeah. I think it it opens up a troubling possibility for the NFL, which is, does the Kyle Shanahan offense get too strong if they can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? <laughs> Absolutely. As their quarterback? <laughs> like, this is a quarterback Absolutely. Lead. And if they can win with those weapons and that defense and Brock Purdy at quarterback, like, 
why would you sign any quarterback? Why won't you just have Kyle Shanahan himself play quarterback? Like it opens up a very troubling uh, can of worms for the NFL. Post quarterback is a terrifying future. Well, mm-hmm. McCaffrey was definitely a crutch that was very handy sure. in this game. I do think that um, the defense. We need to take a moment to celebrate how yeah. good that defense was. Like I, sure. I thought the the depth of like they weren't doing anything too complicated. They were like running their normal stuff zones. And I was really excited and interested to see like, what would Kyle Shanahan do to Mm -hmm. answer this um, version of his offense? Mm -hmm. And I came to find out that my guess is Kyle Shanahan had spent no time in the defensive (laughs) meeting room. And D'Amico Ryan's was like, you know what? We're going to do the same shit we've been doing all Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And that D line was getting pressure. I thought the linebackers depth, like their ability to stop the run is what allows them then to have their linebackers get enough depth to take away mm-hmm. the middle of the field. Then mm-hmm. in the second half, it seemed like the Dolphins wanted to attack the outside edges, but like that's really hard. Those are much tougher throws. Mm-hmm. And when you're behind in uh, Bosa is getting this Nick, that's the one there, right? And Nick is getting pressure yep. and the rest of that D line is getting pressure. Like it's a really tough task especially when you're putting up points. So, yeah, this team is really good. But the problem is at some point, like NFL defenses, they don't shut everybody down. At some point, Mm -hmm. they're going to give up 21, 24 Mm -hmm. points early in a game. And Brock Purdy's not going to have play action. He can't check down to Christian McCaffrey every snap. We're going to be like, all right, Purdy, pick this defense apart. (laughs) And it ain't going to be Purdy. Mm, it ain't gonna be pretty is right it was funny wow. because like this was so much like i'm just gonna sit here and good. just bask in that yeah we're, we're trying to we're trying to get to a post pablo university where we just make <laughs> the puns pablo would make uh coming yeah, in i thought pressure. about how to do like brock purdy sounds mm-hmm. like a guy who is about to be yeah it got to a weird prison joke and i'm like i don't want to mm-hmm. go there like why would he yeah. be we're, called purdy is like weird anyway <laughs> yeah i'm we're, sorry we're, pablo we're a couple months away from having a an ai bot where we can just plug in uh, oh, fucking absolutely. sports topics and we'll come out with Pablo style puns in response. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I mean, this reminded me a lot of the Packers game, right? Last year where the Packers scored that early touchdown on the Niners and it was, Oh no, this is going to be a blowout. And then D'Amico Ryan shut them down for the entire game. Dolphins score a 75 yard touchdown on a throw over the middle of the field, the exact spot where Fred Warner was supposed to be able to take those passes away. And it was like, Oh no, the Dolphins have all these answers. And then they didn't really have all those answers. The Niners were able to win doing the same stuff they do normally, pretty much some changes here and there. But they are so good at taking that stuff away that, like you said, once the Dolphins tried to adjust, they didn't have that that counterpunch. And I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that don't have that counterpunch, even if they can attack what the Niners do well. So the takeaway, though, from the Dolphins side of this game, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this should have been a game. If everything we're saying about Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. whose name, I mean, the word cloud on today's just slate of programming is insane. Yep. Brock Purdy and 300-point font. But the fact is, Tua Tungavailoa, who was, you know, on a, on a heater, a true mm-hmm. heater, as was his entire offense, Bill, Dominique, like they should have beaten the Niners, right? Yes. Like this is a worrisome thing for Mike McDaniel's Dolphins mm-hmm. that this is how this game went, isn't it? No. I mean, I think you lose your starting quarterback. The idea is that you should beat the 49ers or you should beat the team that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Not if that team is the 49ers. <laughs> like I, 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 they didn't lose their defensive line. They didn't mm-hmm. lose Warner. 
they did not lose McCaffrey or Debo Samuel or mm-hmm. George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they lost the player I, that we all kind of talk <laughs> about as like the one that they can lose. Like Bill, are you noticing Dominique? I'm looking. It's the if we can put the angel and the devil on Dominique's shoulders. On the one <laughs> hand, it's the the guy who hates Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the other guy who loves defense so much. I, Not I, hates a strong word. The guy yeah. who doubts existentially whether Jimmy Garoppolo is a worthwhile if you put that guy on one shoulder put the the rest of serious football people on that shoulder with me like I'm not I'm not don't make it out like I'm just being a Jimmy Garoppolo like hater Jimmy's no you're a wonderful a wonderful human being one of the best 40 quarterbacks in the world (laughs) (laughs) and very handsome but we all know who he is and on the other shoulder though on the other shoulder is this glorious experiment where maybe we have the ultimate ability to isolate the power of a defense, which has to be exciting. What I loved about Dominique's run there is that he just kept naming players. I want to see how many players he was going to get to before he was going to throw Jimmy J. Like, we're going to get to Robbie Gould? Were you going to get to the punter? (laughs) Were you going to get to uh, Jason Frick, who hasn't played really in two years? Like, there were a lot of guys who were willing to name before you got to Jimmy Garoppolo on that list. That is legit. That's a legit one I would throw out there. I mean, if you're the Niners, are you just moving forward with Brock Purdy? Are you trying to move heaven and earth to try and sneak somebody on your roster? Like, are you, are, are you, are you, do you think that you're, you can win with Brock Purdy because you were winning with Jimmy Garoppolo and you don't try to do more than Josh Johnson? I mean, obviously they're going to make, I mean, I would assume they're going to like make some calls, but I don't know who there is to get. You're trying to, uh, like steal a backup from somewhere. Uh, I don't Do know. Not, it is. They're they're gonna they're about to steal some people off of television, man. <laughs> off of podcasts. Oh no, Pablo! Are you breaking a story here? I, I'm it just saying, like... if I'm the Niners, man, you're calling some people that are in my Rolodex and stay the <laughs> away. I need people to make content. I don't need them throwing passes. Oh, can, can Jimmy? Can do you think Jimmy would be a good ESPN daily guest, Pablo? Mm. Nope. Nope. He's a bit no limited. Chance. Depends <laughs> if it's a video podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So Alex Smith is out of there. Um, RG three. There. Ooh, yeah. Right. Up at the, um, let's let's talk about the Dolphins and a Janice Shanahan disciple because that's the other side of the coin of this game mm-hmm. where they didn't play very well. Um, and do you view no. them differently after their loss to the 49ers and Brock Purdy? I mean, Armstead wasn't there. That mattered a lot. Tyreek Hill still went off. They couldn't put up uh, many points. And I, I mean, I think Tua struggled at times. Like his passes were off target. I saw the tip interception and I wanted to blame it on anybody but Tua. But I was like, yeah, that's a terrible throw. <laughs> like mm-hmm. way behind Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill. That's on you, buddy. So yeah, like it's, he's been incredible. Up until now, yeah. he's due yeah. for a bad game. All quarterbacks have him. All players have him. So, like, I'm not ready to, uh, to like, downgrade them as not a legitimate contender. But, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a tough matchup against a really talented team uh, who also, like, kind of fully understands your football philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, but you know, I, I would say that this was a reminder that, there's more of a floor 
than I think it's felt like this year for the Dolphins with Tua. Like, it's been so smooth on a week-to-week basis against these bad defenses, typically, and bad football teams. They've gotten ahead. They've been able to throw the ball wherever they want to. And there hasn't been that stretch where it's like, oh, no, the, the wheels are coming off. Tua's throwing interceptions. They're not moving the ball consistently. They were, they were 0 for on third down in this game. I don't know if they're 0 for 7 or 0 for 8, but they did not pick up a third down conversion in this game. A helpful graphic is telling me, podcast listeners, that the Dolphins were 0 for 7 on third down, their first game without a third down conversion since 2017. And I think that is what this sort of reminded me of, is that, yes, Tua is playing much better. He's not going to have games where he throws a couple interceptions, where they're a mess, where he fumbles. Like, that's not going to happen every single week. But in a situation where he doesn't have Tron Armstead, who, by the way, has not played a full 16-game season, I think, since the Obama administration, um, where the offense does get behind early or they do struggle to get consistently moving the ball. They did score the touchdown on the first players. They weren't behind early, but they did get behind as the game went along. And they were not able to catch up. They had the, the, the deep hit to Tyreek Hill. But Tua missed open receivers in this game that didn't result in interceptions. He was very sloppy until the fourth quarter. And I think that is my concern here is that, you know, when the, the, the chips are down, like we saw Tua come back against the Ravens, but that was a backup like secondary. How often is Tua going to be able to come back in those situations when he does have to play the Bills in a shootout or the Chiefs in a shootout or the Bengals in a shootout? Because we know that's probably coming in the postseason when the chips are down i like it that's a classic i've I've never actually seen chips down before i don't know what that means but (laughs) i assume that is like a poker thing right it's like you're all in your chips like i I don't know we have a a lot of chip driven metaphors we have chips on your shoulders shoulders. Mm yeah um okay we got another one Chips being down. Um, okay, one more. Yeah, three. We need three for a trend. Uh, pa- Pablo was really cocky about that one. Hold and on. Does think anybody no, 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 on a third no, one? No. And so I, I, uh, computer. Well, my, my betting, my betting is minus two seventy. Pablo's not going to come up with a third one right. here. <laughs> I'll take that bet too. And All right, I think we need to move on to the Dale. Russell Rangers. Is there anything on that? Do you feel good about that jump pass? The Chippendale jump pass? Is that a good one? <laughs> now I feel bad about it. Now okay. I feel bad. Oh, okay. no. I think okay. that's the time to move on. Um, <laughs> do you guys still view the Ravens as Chip off the whole block. There it is! I oh. knew there was something there! Oh, that's a rescue ranger. Well, that's are, what a are rescue these ranger Ravens like. chips off the old Ravens block? Oh. <sighs> They old. They're old for sure. I don't know <laughs> for the they're... podcast audience, Dominique is Alexander Madisoning right now. He's just <laughs> twerking. Doing the Usain Bolt. Yeah. Yep. Deserved. Wow. That was that was exhilarating. Was that so was probably good. the most erotic thing I can think of that's happened on uh undebatable without Spencer <laughs> being involved. Oh my gosh. Um Ravens. So the they're, Ravens they're happened. Guys. Yeah, they happened they're... to uh, be bad today. Yeah. Um they scored oh, with 28 seconds left to beat the Broncos, but it was 10 to 9. <laughs> and you can extrapolate from there how uh, things generally felt in the course of this game unfolding. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 10 to 9, you know, okay, you had a bad day, but this is the Broncos. And yes, the Broncos have a legitimately really good defense, so I'm not surprised the Broncos were struggling. But... This was kind of a a miraculous win for the Ravens. Like, it felt like, oh, this is the same old Ravens losing a close game. It kind of felt impressive that they pulled this one out. But 
the, the thing you brought up that I know Dominique wants to get to, and I feel the same way about is you said this game was a struggle and it is not just a one week thing with these Ravens. That makes me think that I should not be optimistic about their chances. Yeah. The Ravens have been really good for a real long time and that affords them some respect yes. that we don't afford to other teams. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this year they've like, had leads in a lot of games that they ended mm-hmm. up losing. And I think mm-hmm. we are like, all right, this team's really good for a long time. And then they have these games that it feels like they are in control of, but they blow at the end, but they're mm-hmm. really a good team. We got to stop. We yeah. got to stop guys. Damn. We got to stop pretending. We got to mm-hmm. stop. I've been like lying to myself because <laughs> like, I like Lamar and like mm-hmm. I'm from Baltimore, my son loves the Ravens. I mm-hmm. played for the Ravens. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, they're good guys. They're all right. They're not. They're not. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I've watched enough games to be like they're just like <sighs> matched so wait, up so- against the AFC playoff teams. All of them. Who you think mm-hmm. they they're gonna beat? Who mm-hmm. would you put like legitimate money on in a one on one neutral site? Forget it. Forget neutral site at home. Mm-hmm. Like who do you think that they're going to beat? And I I would not bet anything any amount of money that I cared about that they would beat the Chiefs. The Bills, the Bengals, the Titans, the Dolphins, like the Jets. Would you bet? Would you would you pick them against the Jets? Mm, Mike, they Mike did White? beat the Jets early in the Mike, season, but Mike that White was Joe Flacco. Nice today, the, the Flacco yeah. Bowl. Yeah, would they beat yeah. the Jets? I mean, I'll give them the Jets. I'll give them the Jets because I want to be able to go back to my hometown <laughs> at some point in my life. So mm-hmm. yes, you guys would beat the Jets. So I, I, I would not. I'm not saying the Jets. I I don't think I can put the Jets on that. On that pedestal, absolutely yeah. not. I just had I had you to pick somebody, to. Bill. I, I, did, I appreciate. I, did. I appreciate that. I understand. <laughs> I but 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 this is this is the thing that I'm curious about because I used it's frustrating to too and disappointing. I, well, I remember when I used to get yelled at for claiming that the Ravens were not good because the Ravens okay. were like choking away leads late in games and all this and that. What's different about this version that you guys have observed over the last several weeks? Because that's that's where I left them. Yeah. But what's actually been worse now? Okay, so I'll try to make it real straightforward. In the beginning of the year, they were good in the first three quarters and terrible in the fourth quarter. Now, they're kind of bad in the first three quarters and just kind of bad in the fourth quarter, too. Like, yes, they came back and won this game, and they held up on defense for most of this game against the Russell Wilson Broncos, which is a whole other conversation. But Lamar has been struggling for, this offense has been struggling, I should say, with Lamar as the focal point of the offense yeah. for two months now. First three weeks of the year, we were sitting here saying, oh, they figured out the blitz. Lamar's number one in QBR against the blitz. They're going to be great this year. He's like 20th in QBR since week four. He's got a worse QBR than Kyler Murray, who has been the subject of like figuring out who's going to get fired in Arizona. He's been worse than Jacoby Brissett. He's been around the same QBR as Matthew Stafford, who's been breaking down piece by piece as the season goes along that's where we're at with this offense and we can talk about blaming the the organization for not bringing in wide receiver help we can talk about the weapons that aren't there at running back but at the end of the day like if you're asking me you talked about jimmy garoppolo and how replacing him with brock purdy didn't seem to make much of a difference this game is not tyler huntley was not great but it's not like the offense was looking that much better with lamar than it looked with Tyler Huntley against a very good defense on Sunday. 
So first of all, that flight back to Denver had to be miserable. There oh, probably terrible. was a fight or two on that. Like I can't imagine <laughs> that that they f- flew home. Um, but back to the Ravens. Yeah, to everything Bill said, and it also, sucks. yeah, also it's like there's so many problems with them that it's like the game, the the um, play design and the play calling mm-hmm. on top of the fact that Lamar is not playing well. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not playing well because they don't have any like receivers that scared anyone except for Deshaun Jackson, who like is on the Tom Brady program as far as age <laughs> is concerned, but we also need you to run a lot and mm-hmm. he's their best deep threat. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of issues with that offense. And then you put on top of it that Lamar is taking shots at people well, not taking shots, but I guess clapping back at randos on yeah, the internet. It just feels like sign. it feels like things are in a bad place. This defense, it's not been good. They shut down uh, Russell, but I mean, Russell's not good anymore. It's just, I don't know. I wish I had some coherent thought other than it sucks because we okay. like watching Lamar be great, and he's not great right now, and he hasn't been. Here's the problem, though. Their next four weeks. They play the Steelers twice. Steelers are not a good football team. They play the Browns, and they play the Falcons. Now, I know they almost lost to the Broncos today. No guarantee that they're going to win all four of those games, but there is a chance that they win all four of those games. And we have this kind of false hope that we look like they know what they're doing, even though I don't think they're going to be any better in reality. Just they'll get lucky by playing some bad football teams and rack up some wins because of it. Does they it almost feel- lost to the Panthers, too. That was right. Yeah. So you just described a world though in which the Ravens are like twelve and four. Yeah. And and is it just me or do records feel especially meaningless this season? <laughs> I mean, you guys have watched a lot more uh, football than I have, I think, in your lives yeah. collectively. It sure. just feels like the numbers, speaking of pushing back on numbers, it feels like yes. those numbers feel increasingly useless when it comes to how we actually feel about these teams. Is- this is Pablo's way of saying the Jaguars are the best team in football. And frankly, I don't think he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a, a big shot at stats don't matter because mm-hmm. the number one stat is wins and losses. And clearly it doesn't matter. They're just like not to Pablo. Teams. Not to Pablo, not to pa- Pablo, the NFL is just a series of narratives coalescing <laughs> and running past one another. The actual, the actual games uh, themselves gosh. might as well not even be played in Pablo's world. <laughs> That's right. It's a real Pablo gang up podcast, <laughs> and I like it. it. I'm really it's proud like, of it. it. It's it's like Pablo is this guy who termed a phrase called "trust the process," where results don't matter. <laughs> it's all about the process. Who would ever have uh, known? That, that I'm sorry, so I'm mad. sorry for uh, being the only enlightened person in the entire mm. sports industry. Mm. Apologies. In light years behind. Um, mm. Let's move on to New York. Mm-hmm. Which New York team do you feel better about after their performance today? <sighs> okay, so to recap what happened today, the Jets lost... A game they should have won against the Vikings. Are we going to say that much? Because the Jets outgained the Vikings by like 200 yards, right? Justin Jefferson was held to like fewer than 50 yards, although he had that big touchdown at the end Mm -hmm. um, or in the fourth quarter. Um, That was disappointing. And the Giants tied the Commanders, which feels like a funny thing that no one actually enjoyed watching. Is that Mm -hmm. fair to say? Mm. Yeah, it was pretty grimy. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I watched a lot of that game. (laughs) And I, it was not a pleasant 
experience in the slightest. So I rewatch a lot of games before we get on here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I knew we were going to talk about Giants, Commanders. Mm-hmm. I refused. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I was like, no. I'm not like, you remember Mike Rowe on Discovery? Dirty jobs. Dirty jobs. Dirty jobs. Ain't for me. Ain't that for was a job. I was like, I started jobs. to text Mike and be like, hey, I need you to come in here and watch, rewatch this game for me and tell me what you see because I can't look at it. I might throw up. I just, I got a weak stomach, Mike Rowe. I got a, a weak football stomach. Like, I like pimple popper videos. I watch surgeries oh. on Ooh. YouTube. Like, I'm into all that. I watched somebody, um, like extract the ingrown toenail earlier today. I'm into it. But you know, you know what I won't do? I won't watch no Giants Commanders 2020 tie. You could have told me anything happened in that game and you might, like, yeah. It feels, I watched the Jets play though. They're good. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I watched that Vikings Jets game, and mm-hmm. it felt like what? Again, not to be postmodern about wins and losses in a <laughs> sincere way, but it felt like I don't know. Once you have Mike White as your quarterback, and you're like in this game, like can you really mm-hmm. be that mad at your whole experience? Like, were you really, really mad that you lost the game against the ten and two team because mm-hmm. Mike White? didn't deliver it felt like on balance you should feel good about the defense you should feel good that you're competitive you know you're in the Dude, hunt like feel fine mike, you should be fine mike about white. this this was not a jimmy garoppolo game where mike white did nothing to contribute and the running That's game right. of the defense mike white threw for almost 400 yards in this game they had him drop back 57 times to throw the football and he hit Braxton Berrios, who is a bizarrely important part of the red zone <laughs> offense, for what should have been a lead-taking touchdown, only for Braxton Berrios to drop the football. Mike White held his own in this game. He was not perfect. He made mistakes, to be sure. But it wasn't like the Jets had no hope of winning because they had Mike White at quarterback. He was Mike. less than the defense, but he still did something. White Mike made some impressive throws mm-hmm. that game. The second interception is like, okay, it's, I don't know that you – you got to put it up. You got to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't hate that interception. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the pass to Barrios I think was a little late and a little bit behind Barrios, but still very catchable. But I don't know, like, to complete 31 passes for 369, I – 369, we need a we need a cutoff because 369 is not almost four mo- 400. What are you <laughs> talking about? So, you know, you said almost 400, almost doing a lot of work. Almost okay, so, is carrying a lot of weight. You can't so tell somebody almost what is 400. Your, what, what is your almost cutoff for for 400? Ah, I like the I like, idea I like of- like 90s, 80, I like 95 maybe. Yeah, I can't, I can't, Bill, I can't go to my mom and say, I got almost 100 on my test and I really got a C. <laughs> That exactly. feels like I probably can't get away with that. Do- Dominique, oh. Dominique watches a video and say, oh, they almost popped that pimple. And oh. good chunk oh, of the pimple is I gone. Will, I will not take that disrespect. I never watched almost pimple pop videos. <laughs> we we it, watched till completion, baby. We watched till completion. Who, whose completion exactly, Dominique? They're yours. <laughs> Everybody's, baby. Everybody's. I'm generous. Everybody complete. I was about to point out that the mom who I brought grades to is a dermatologist in real life, but now oh, I no. feel disgusted on every level by this conversation. No, no reason. Oh. Like, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I, I like we didn't talk about the Giants very much. It's embarrassing, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I, I'm going to throw 30 second Giants content out there. You don't have to. Right, you know, take a look at it. Put a clock on. Put a clock on, please. 
Giants all year were saying, oh, listen, yeah, we don't have this formula where we win late games, where we get lucky in the fourth quarter. We are a really good team. All right. You've now lost a couple games in a row. You get to the fourth quarter with the lead. You just have to close it out. Do the thing you did all year. And you have not done that in this game. You let Taylor Heineke come back and tie this game up. You went to overtime and had three drives to win this game. And Daniel Jones could not do it. You got 10 seconds left. QBR of 12.8 in the fourth quarter and overtime. You didn't do it. I don't want to hear about the Giants if they can't beat the Commanders. Damn. Mm. Well done. I, I, I honestly don't. I think you went a little over, but that's fine. Um, you got some positive stuff on the Giants? No. That's the real challenge. Like, anybody can go negative on the Giants. You got 30 seconds of positive on the Giants? <laughs> you, that's you, the real challenge. Give me, give me 30 seconds of negative on the Giants. If you, you, just, you, didn't, you didn't lose you to a guy it. who showed up LARPing as, uh, like, what's that show? That uh, freaking, what's his name? Pocket Watch guy. Oh, my um, gosh. Kiki Blinders? Are not Kiki great. Blinders? Yeah, 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 that one. <laughs> Don't watch that show. You know where I'm going. <laughs> nobody, oh, nobody, ha- nobody gets surgery done on them in Peaky Blinders. So, you know, Dominique's not watching it. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Thanks for trying to come to Pablo's rescue because, man, <laughs> did he peter out there. <laughs> Guys, just sputtered to the end, just tripping. There's too much podcasting. <laughs> just so, so podcasted out. Pablo, low, low balance for Pablo. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I'm increasingly shameless about when I'm just like turning the ball over. But I'm not even gonna apologize anymore. It's fine. You never needed a Christmas break so badly. Can we get for the love of God for Pablo? <laughs> Please stop recording his voice into a microphone, but not. Yet. Yes. First college football, Spencer Hall. Find it in you, Pablo. Do more talking. There are very miniature figurines literally in Spencer's hands. But figuratively, we ask him to assess and to construct the diorama that is college football to start, Dominique. Yeah, Georgia, real big, real mean, real bad. And also number one for a reason, because uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer that the question uh they got it right and most the, of the time they do the committee like, the committee the college football playoff the committee. committee the yeah. committee they got it right and, and they got it right most of the time and not because they're good at this but because they can't be bad there's only four teams right and uh bud elliott uh a writer for 247 a video guy um has one of my favorite sayings which is that four is a dumb number because there's usually one team that's just going to get destroyed. Yeah. Because usually in college football, there's like three elite teams, maybe two, but almost never four. <laughs> like almost never four. Why don't we, we expand know, the like, playoffs? It'll make it better, guys. Hey, listen, I like expanding the playoff because it basically says, "Hey, maybe someone will have an accident." That's it. <laughs> you just you're just opening up all of this room so that a really good team can get eliminated, and that's what we're doing with twelve. With four, what you're doing is saying, these are the three best teams in America, and this is a stunt dummy, and amazing things are going to happen to this dummy. We're just going to watch it get thrown off of a building. We're going to watch like it get hit by cars. All of this, like that's one of these the teams is that get... is the stunt dummy university to you, Spencer. How <laughs> that is you. correct. Um, I, Ohio State, by the way, shouts out to them because they wanted this chance. Okay, cool, you got it. And guess what you have to do? You have to climb out of hell 
all the way to the top of the mountain. You got to go through Georgia and you got to do a rematch with uh, potentially Michigan if that happens. And frankly, by the way, this isn't the story isn't done because we said, okay, well, there's a potential rematch with Michigan. What makes you think TCU isn't the most dangerous team in America right now when no one's sure how good they are? I know what kind of a fight I'm getting into with Georgia. I know what kind of a fight I'm getting into with Michigan. I've watched TCU play probably six full games this year. I never have any idea what's going to happen against anyone. Dominique, my takeaway from TCU, of course, losing to Kansas State on Saturday is Max Mm -hmm. Duggan is just like pacing around his room muttering that he didn't bang his body hard enough into a line of bodies. And I feel like, yeah, Ohio State, look forward to that. Look forward to that guy getting his revenge. I think the Ohio State-Georgia game is interesting in part because like it's the most interesting game of this first round to me. I understand why TCU might be interesting because we don't know. But I think Ohio State Michigan game is or Ohio State Georgia game, and I keep saying this, messing up the teams because it's the mm-hmm. same as the game that we saw before. Is like except a little bit more violent. Is we felt like Michigan was a little bit more like a little tougher and a little bit more aggressive and aggro. All the football terminology that we love, a little bit more of that top dog. And now Georgia is that times. Two, and I want to see Ohio State see if they have an answer for it because they've been hearing this for a while now, or a couple weeks mm-hmm. at least, that you're not yeah. tough enough. You got bullied, and you're a, a soft team that likes to throw the ball around. We'll see if they really are that bunch or if they want to change, uh, if they can just hit the switch and be tough guys now. It is it is an intriguing uh, matchup in one respect, and it's this, that if you're going to move the ball against Georgia, I suggest you don't run it. They don't really let that happen a whole lot. They've got, um, if you try to do that, Jalen Carter picks you up like a trophy and just oh, carries yeah, you great. around that was great. like a toddler. Yeah. yeah. With one finger in the air as well in his other hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Letting you know, like uh, giving you the Dikembe. Like, no, this uh, is not done. So many but great college football moments this week. Yeah. You might be able to pass on them. You might. Because they. I think they're like 50th in terms of total pass defense. So if there's any wiggle room there at all, like some people are, yeah, you got to establish the brunt. No, 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 you don't. No, just pass, pass. CJ Stroud should pass like 700 times in this game, and he should hit Marvin Harrison Jr. as many times as possible. I hate to um like bring some sadness to this college football playoff, but I was made sad by being robbed of Caleb Williams yeah. in the college football playoffs. And I guess Caleb, Caleb robbed us of himself Mm -hmm. like because he didn't play well that defense couldn't stop utah it was a mess like nope i'm sorry utah i'm sure you guys are excited your players deserve Mm -hmm. it your coaches i'm sure all like three thousand people that live in the state of utah are hyped but i'm not can't name none of your players don't Mm -hmm. don't want you ruining my excitement i want to see caleb do his best patrick mahomes impersonation against top level defenses and i guess i saw it and he didn't do it well against your top level defense so utah congratulations pac-12 champs i guess what you need to know is this that yes it's unfortunate that caleb williams suffered a i think he messed with his hamstring on the first long run of the game and that kind of took his run element out of it and without the run element that's that greatly affects what they do in the run game and in some of the past game and caleb williams was essentially from behind like the minute the minute that that happened they were a one-dimensional offense and a very good one a very good one-dimensional offense but nothing that could keep up with Utah or dodge the kind of pressure that Utah is able to throw at you. 
please respect the Utah Utes. They are the bully of the Pac-12, much like the bully at your high school. They're not necessarily the most successful, but they're going to find somebody and they're going to beat them until they make them stop. This was Oregon. If you remember that Utah was like consistently beat, they beat Oregon twice last year and Oregon finally beat them. And then they just transitioned to like, well, who's next? That nerd. But I, I wanted to say, this is awesome. Like I, Everyone's like, oh, poor you. So we didn't get to see Caleb. Okay, you got to see playing Caleb during the season. Yeah. And also, I got my favorite thing, which is Utah coming out of nowhere to hit someone in the head. That's my favorite thing. It's like off the top rope, Utah. Absolutely love it. We wanted to see the pretty thing, right? We wanted to see the like national great. thing, the global thing. We wanted to see the significant thing. And Utah's like, I only care about the block. <laughs> yeah, my see, block. Dominique, Dominique, I'm reminded that Spencer is a sicko. I keep yeah. on forgetting that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a real fo- if you are a real football head, like if you're a real college football sicko, Utah's absolutely your thing. A quarterback. I never claim to be. I'm not a sicko. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the I'm pretty a, stuff. I'm, I'm gonna list it. I know that I know that Alistair has to have an interjection, but here, a quarterback who can rush straight ahead and not sideways. Don't go sideways. No, he can go rush right ahead and he can throw a five yard out to a tight end from Australia. That's what he can do. I love it. Just a gigantic utility truck of a quarterback who got things done. It was beautiful. It was everything I love about college football. There's a guy who's going to be second string in the CFL, and he beat someone who's going to be a 10-year starter in the NFL. God. Yeah. So, speaking of pretty things. Is that what you're going to do? No, am I wrong that I wanted to see Alabama make the playoff and have a a two-loss Alabama team that hadn't beaten anyone in the top 20 all season terrify (laughs) the other three teams? Because they would have been... Shaking in their little boots if Alabama made the playoffs. Well, that's what you know it. That, I know it. We all know it. Well, that's what Saban said, right? Saban basically did the thing where he's like, "What would Vegas have put us at? Would we have been underdogs?" You see that? That was called a yawn because I'm tired of Alabama. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is this is this is in fact the quote that elicited uh, literal and figurative yawns. If we played these teams in question, would we be underdogs in the game or not? And and Spencer, the answer would be no right just to be clear Mm -hmm. about that like this is not the standard that the committee uses apparently but the argument that Saban is making is a correct one it's just not the one that they care about I mean so based on what like based on the history of Alabama is why they would be favorites Mm -hmm. it's not based on the results of this season and I do think Alabama obviously is good enough to beat all of these teams but they had two losses and they didn't win their conference championship game. They didn't even make it to the conference championship game. And so maybe I'm not an Alabama hater generally. Like I like watching Alabama play. I root for them in a lot of games, Mm -hmm. but when they come up as short as they did this year and a lot of games that they could have lost, but they barely won. And we know style points mattered and several games against or two games against big time opponents that they blew. Like, yeah, you guys, maybe, Maybe you could have gotten in here and scared these teams. Maybe you would have won everything. But the fact of the matter is, you didn't do the things you were supposed to do. And so you left it up. Isn't it? I feel like Saban, of all people, I guess he has to advocate for his players. But I assume that this is something he's saying publicly, but deep in his heart. And in behind closed doors, he's saying, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And y'all didn't. So I'm sorry. I want to see yeah, y'all in the next year. Maybe. I love this opportunity. Like, what's he supposed to say, Dominique? Is he supposed to be like, yeah, no, we, we ain't got it. <laughs> like we're we're capital one bowl that's what we want put us in, put us in the citrus bowl that's we're that's about throw some level, mayonnaise guys. on me yeah hey, yeah. hey don't I you disre- don't you disrespect the duke's mayo bowl a great mm-hmm. university is gone 
to get that mayo. Oh yeah. Oh, the right. Terps, baby. <laughs> but this is this is to me like Alabama not only lost that game to Tennessee, which I get that's a tough road game. It was against a Tennessee team that was peaking. Um they lost a terrible game to LSU. Like they lost a clanker to LSU. And that LSU team, I know, transitive properties don't prove anything necessarily about the mm -hmm. team, but it's very hard to look at a team that got waxed by Georgia and go, right. That that beat Alabama. Yeah. What what would Georgia do to this current Alabama squad? Also, man, I don't think Bryce Young, like like if I, you know, we talk about teams and institutions and coaches, players in terms of what you go, well, what do you owe? the rest of us nothing like we, i don't bryce young's done everything i could ever want to see or ask of him on the football field if he came back and it's like yeah i'm gonna skip the bowl game please do it go ahead yeah. take care of yourself go get go get ready for the draft you can't give anything else to this university right because you did nothing else they want <laughs> like yeah. you think that they're gonna like you're gonna get written down in the history books because you get a bowl championship no go ahead take a break bryce yeah you know get, right. get, yeah yeah get get on with it yeah. all right don't don't because he's he already took a beating this year how dare we get stuck on alabama the one year that we don't have to be stuck on alabama like there has to be <laughs> something else more interesting in this like i i'm gonna pick georgia you guys there are no double picks you guys can pick who you think is gonna win double picks aren't allowed i took them Ooh, I want to know, like, who in your mind in this playoff field, like, needs to be taken down a peg? Who do you think mm. is riding a little too high on their hog right now where you're like, mm. Mm. someone needs to speak truth to this particular power? I think uh, these are four unusually honest Nobody. teams. Yeah. I would have said Ohio State prior to the Michigan loss. Exactly. But terms have been dictated. It's pretty clear what you are and what you need to work on and what you need to be. Um, also, as I've said, narratively, if Ohio State wants to prove us all wrong, the door's open. Yeah. Okay. It goes like that path goes straight up, right? You can cuss, right? Straight the f up. Yes, like, it, it goes, was necessary. Goes no, I mean it. Like straight Don't up does it. not. It does not describe yeah. how steep the path that they have, but also how cool it would be if they pulled it off. Like <sighs> if I were to write the ultimate narrative for a team and be like. Hey, prove it after undergoing like a, a terrible defeat to a rival. What would it be? Rematch against that rival and beating the best, beating the standard. That would be it. Is it going to happen? Hell no. I think George is going to Bane break them. I think they're going to do like the <laughs> Batman knee drop on them. Okay. Can we I've just seen live them. in this world for a second? Please don't ruin this with Dark Knight Returns or Rises or whatever analogy no. that you're doing. Just for a second. Let's live in a reality mm -hmm. that something happens and Georgia loses and Michigan okay. wins, Ohio State wins. Like, is our country going to be literally divided because the Midwest is going to go up in smoke at the idea of <laughs> Michigan versus Ohio State in the national championship? Like, we had Georgia versus Alabama. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's over here in the South. They do that yeah. a lot. But Michigan versus Ohio State in a national championship, I cannot imagine a more miserable, cold middle of the country. Everyone's fighting all until the game actually happens. Do you know how many suitcases of beer we're going to need domestic beer we're going to need so many i don't mean like a six pack or no you need a suitcase you need the like 30 pack the rack is what you're gonna need i i cannot imagine a human being under more pressure than ryan day i cannot imagine a human being who's yeah. going to be weirder for a sustained period of time than jim harbaugh 
leading <laughs> up to that game, like just mental off. What do you think? Planet. Yeah, wait. So, what do you think? What do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to be like? What? Give me a specific brand of weirdness, as we've been trying to classify all the types of weird in college mm-hmm. football. Okay, so I went and watched a YouTube video that is a two-hour and forty-minute clinic uh, of Harbaugh talking about. This is when he was. Um, when he was, I think he was at san diego ucsd and he was the coach there and he was really good um it's one of the reasons that he eventually bumped up to the stanford gig but he's has a a a trans he has an overhead projector so it's very old school and he has like 10 coaches he's talking to right so very intimate and he says the first rule about being a quarterback and he has you know this like unblinking lidless stare facing everyone as he goes the first rule about being a quarterback is i must win I must win. And then he pauses and goes, <laughs> I must win. And he hits the overhead projector and breaks it. This is on YouTube. You can go look it up. And he breaks it. And oh, that's the first thing he does. And you're so like, this good. was when he was at, this is when he was like coaching in an FCS. In my mind, Jim Harbaugh is giving that speech with the projector. And behind him are big block letters in red. They just say Jim, like it's a TED talk. Mm-hmm. I appreciate And he's just lecturing. I think we're done here. Alabaster, are we done here? I think I I think I think other than that and me saying that uh, I don't know why Dion took the Colorado job, but it's neat. It's interesting. We're not even gonna talk about that, huh? Maybe next week. More on that next week. So much to say.